Welcome to the Comics Cost Metal Podcast, episode 63. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to the Comics Coffee Metal Podcast. I'm your host, Don Cardenas. I hope you are having a fantastic day. So, things uh, here at uh, you know Comics Coffee Metal <laughs> headquarters continue to be incredibly busy. Um, I am trying to finish up a six-page short with Philip Buhorn, my fairly consistent <laughs> collaborator. Uh, it's a really fun horror story uh, about a, a grandma who needs to teach her ungrateful grandson a lesson and it's been a lot of fun to draw and and all that but i as excited as i am to draw it i'm also excited for it to be done (laughs) not because i'm not enjoying it but you know i have a larger project in the horizon and i'm really looking forward to digging in deep and doing my first like full-length comics in years and yeah i'm really excited about the concept uh and i yeah i just can't I can't wait to get started on that and get the ball rolling with that. I think it's going to be really fun. It kind of feels like, you know, whatever the response to the project is, personally, mentally, artistically, it kind of feels like that next step up for myself. And, you know, I feel like my art is at a place where I'm making forward momentum. I'm making, you know, strides, improvements with everything I do. And I'm feeling pretty confident going into it. And yeah, I'm just really excited. I'm hoping to end this year with a bang. I have a lot of uh, comic books aside regarding the podcast. I have a lot of really awesome guests lined up, not including, although also including today's guest. And yeah, uh, hoping to close out 2021 with a bang and start 2022 with an even bigger bang. So Let's get to the recommendations and to my awesome guest for today. Alright, my comic book recommendation for this week is the Comixology Original Dot Cell. Now, first off, if you're unfamiliar with Comixology Originals, the online uh, comic distributor Comixology owned by Amazon, they have this thing called Comixology Originals, where they're available only on Comixology and so on and so forth. Not to say these won't be in print somewhere down the line but right now they're only available on the app uh, or website and you know if you subscribe to the comicsology unlimited service where you get quote-unquote free access to comics uh for a monthly fee it's available there for free again free station <laughs> marks because you are paying a service fee but you can also purchase it at, on the app as well so just a little disclaimer there in case you're wondering where you can actually get this book because one, it's my recommendation, and two, it's really, really good. Uh, it is written by Christopher Sabala, art by Kara McKee, colored by Rebecca Nalti, edited by Sarah Harding, and lettered by Aditya Bidikar. Apologies to anyone if I butchered your pronunciations of the names. I'm, <laughs> I, 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 I feel terrible if I did, but you did fantastic work. First and foremost, I am a fan of Christopher Sabala's work. It is futuristic and realistic at the same time he has an amazing way of just coming up with these concepts that just seem inevitable (laughs) in society for better or worse most likely worse and yeah he he always delivers with with not only the concept but with the writing itself 
So Dot Self is about a woman named Nat Winters who gets her PostScript account hacked and torrented and distributed all, all across the, the, the world, supposedly. Um, now, what is PostScript? PostScript is a service company that backs up everything about a person into a file so that when someone passes, people can take that file, download it into a 3D printed body and kind of get some closure uh, over a couple days and say goodbye. Now, you know, the idea of that, <laughs> again, it, it seems like something that's inevitable in, in, this, in this world if they could figure that out. And so when her self gets distributed, all of a sudden her, you know, her life that she's, she's seems, you know, seems perfect. Things start happening and she starts getting attacked and these versions of herself are showing up in these different bodies. And yeah, it's a really cool concept, really interesting start to the story. I have no idea where this is going to go and I am so excited to see where it does go. The art team of Kara McGee and Rebecca Nalti is just fantastic. Like, it is so perfect for this story. It's very much a expression-heavy style. It's very manga-influenced, I would say, and very clean, but not 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 stale, not, like, stripped down. There's, there's a lot of life to the lines. And there's a lot of organic fluidity to... Yeah, to the line work and the colors really really uh, highlight that it's just really fantastic stuff I don't know if these two have worked before together as a team but they should probably stick together for sure the storytelling as long, along with the the art itself is top-notch the panels don't stick to a grid format there's a lot of you know diagonal panels and stuff like that and it keeps things moving lively and it really kind of keeps the action and the talking scenes kind of unified but separate. And you kind of know something is going on just from the panel layouts. When there's like a panel break, it's incredibly important. You know, Kara, she knows what she's doing. And I'm really interested in seeing how the series progresses, as I've said. And seeing more of this crazy world that they've all put together. Another thing I think worth mentioning is the design work. Christopher puts a ton of design work into all of his uh, series. And in this one, you kind of get a user guide to your postscript, and it has kind of like a, almost like a, not almost like, it's like it's like a parts list <laughs> of things you get for your, for your postscript unit and stuff like that. And this kind of, it really is neat. It, it really rounds out these crazy concepts and, and ideas, and it grounds them a lot. It makes them seem really real, really real. And the fact that you're done in such a professional way, it makes you feel like this is, a, this is something that does exist. So, yeah, that self is awesome. Go to comicsology.com, check it out. First issue's up, you won't be disappointed. All right, my music recommendation this week is uh, about 15 years old. <laughs> uh, forgive me, but I was reminded of this album a few days ago when... I was just trying to get some work done, and I wanted to put on some music, opposed to listening to like a YouTube thing or whatever. And I re-rediscovered this album. Uh, it is the band Plum, and it is the album Chaotic Resolve. Now, the majority, vast majority of Plum's output is like Christian-y pop kind of stuff. Not really my bag. 
but for some reason in 2006 they released this album which is very heavy at times it has a lot of like really cool riffs it's very emotional there's a lot of discussion and songs about mental health and things like that and dealing with trauma and things like that that really you know connected with me and yeah someone who's kind of addressing those those things in his own life now you know this album has like re-hit again and yeah so i i don't understand how this one album's like this this weird blip in this band's uh discography but i am glad because i really really enjoy it i had first discovered them through the music service pandora to to date myself even more than i have at any point uh and kids before spotify there's this thing called pandora it still exists i think and you know same thing you put in the name of an artist and you get recommendations based on that artist and the algorithms and things like that and having used both spotify and pandora side this is a tangent but i still prefer like pandora's algorithms they they seem to really head it down i don't know I don't know, Spotify sometimes throws you a curveball and it's like, what the hell is this? No, no thing. Anyway, <laughs> I always recommend this band because, you know, I was a fan of Evanescence and, you know, it was one of the things that popped up, you know, heavy guitars, female singing, simple as that, right? So, yeah, I've had this album in my library kind of ever since for like the past 10 years or so. And Occasionally I would come back to it, but not for the past few years, especially the past couple years now that I've been getting to like much more guttural, heavy, deathy, core-based metal stuff. But yeah, this album is really good. Like I said before, a lot of the lyrics and, and the vocals kind of deal with mental health issues and like kind of raw emotions and, and trauma kind of stuff. And just, it, it feels very deep and passionate and natural and... It's just, it's just coupled with like really, really good metal, hard rock instrumentals. And there's just a ton of these songs. If you're a fan of any of these kind of bands like Evanescence or Nightwish or maybe not so much Nightwish, maybe like the Dark Passion Play era Nightwish or, you know, just, yeah, Hailstorm, stuff like that. I highly recommend this album. It's really, really good. It's still available on all the services. And it's kind of hard for me to pick a favorite track off of this, but I think probably Good Behavior, probably my favorite track at the moment, uh, though I've certainly flip-flopped a lot through the past decade of having this album. But yeah, Good Behavior is, is certainly a jam. There's some other songs like Manic and, and Bittersweet that just, I don't know, they, 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 they hit uh like the emotional core of myself pretty pretty deeply so yeah you know sometimes i i want some guy screaming his lungs bloody and sometimes i want something like this <laughs> so if uh this kind of sounds interesting to you if this clip from good behavior sounds good to you i highly recommend you check it out plum chaotic resolve it's available everywhere
Okay, my guest for this week is the writer LK and Gino. Uh, I was emailed by LK uh, looking for, you know, she was looking for a podcast to be to be on and uh, at some point she came across us, <laughs> me, <laughs> and I kind of go over a little bit in in the uh, lead into the to the show, but you know, I was kind of backing away a little bit from doing Kickstarter themed episodes just because the timing is kind of hard to figure out and I kind of do these episodes two weeks before I record like two weeks before I release it a week and a half-ish so it it doesn't really work with everyone's schedules and stuff like that but the story and and the comic and the concept she sent and you know just her email it was like she seems like a perfect fit for this show it'd be silly not to have her on and everything lined up well so her Kickstarter is going on right now, Fangs and Foul Play. It's a really, really fun book. We get a lot into it into the in the interview, but there'll be a link in the show notes for the Kickstarter. It's you gotta listen to the interview. It's a really cool concept. It's a really fun concept, and I highly recommend you go check it out. So let me not waste any more time. Let's go, LK and Gino. All right, so. If I'm being 100% honest here, I was kind of telling myself with doing this podcast that I think I'm going to kind of pull back from trying to do, uh, you know, Kickstarter themed episodes and stuff like that, just because not that I didn't enjoy doing them or not, they're not important to do just my own schedule was getting kind of hectic and stuff. And I felt like I wasn't doing anybody justice with all that, but I got sent a comic that was so fun, so and the concept that I dug so much, I'm like, I gotta do this one. <laughs> I could not do this one. Because uh, when you bring up uh, vampires, I'm like, okay, sounds cool. <laughs> Cat vampires, like, whoa. You, you got me. Okay, I don't care what else happens next. You say cat vampire. I'm like, tell me more, please. <laughs> so I have uh, quite a few questions about the inception of this really cool comic, Fangs and Foul Play. But before we get to any of that, LK and Gino, Comics Coffee Metal, what are you digging right now? I am going to start with metal. Um, I've been digging I Prevail and Beartooth. Um, both a little bit different on their like kind of subgenre, I guess. Is that the right term for music? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> That's where I'm like... I know the big ones, but don't tell me. Don't try to get me to tell you the difference. There's so many. There's so many metal subgenres. Yeah. It's not even worth uh, trying to keep track. Right, anymore. right. And um, I think Beartooth like slightly more punk, um, but they're great. I love. I love like listening to music when I'm cleaning, and it has to be something that like gets me going. Mm-hmm. So that really helps. But yeah, so they've been they've been my on repeat recently. Um, comic so okay so I'm gonna go with one of my favorites because I've been super busy with this launch <laughs> so uh, one of my favorite comics is uh, Identity Crisis um, from DC Comics and you know, like, I know it's old but it's like I still feel like I don't really want to give spoilers you know it's just so good so if you haven't re- read it like check it out and it's not like it's been a little while since I've reread it but it's not just like your typical superhero fighting, you know, there, there's the heroes are in it, but it's a little bit more of a, a mystery. Um, yeah. And I think, I think yeah. that came out before the event thing 
really kind of resurged again mm. and became mm-hmm. this, you know, expected thing every year that yeah. definitely wore out its welcome. Right. I would say. <laughs> so, I, you know, I've never been a DC guy fully myself, mm-hmm. uh, despite it being my initials. <laughs> you would think <laughs> right? I'd be naturally drawn yeah. to that. But no, um, it's... So when when stuff like that comes up, I'm like, I, sh- I should probably check that out. Like, because, yeah. you know... I don't know. I, I, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, I've, I've heard about it so much. I've probably read about it in Wizard mm. plenty of times. I've probably mm-hmm. read the Wikipedia art. Not that it's the same thing. <laughs> no. With respect to the creators. Yeah. Not yeah. in the slightest. But it's just like, okay, well, I know this story. But, you yeah. know, we, we all know it's different. Just kind of knowing what happened versus reading it and experiencing it through the comic itself. It's kind of like that with like crisis of infinite earth. You kind of mm-hmm. know what happens, you know, you know, Supergirl dies and uh, Barry Allen, you know, dies. And it's like, well, until you've actually read it, which is, which coincidentally is probably one of the only DC comics I've read was like that series. That's one of the mm-hmm. ones my older brothers had lying around, which is like having no background on any of these characters. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> it's like, I'm reading that one. But I mean, it's hard to like, even when there's, if you've been following a lot of them, it's just following all of them is is hard. Yeah, yeah. It's too many. Yeah. So yeah, de- yeah, definitely. Uh, that, that definitely should be something I, I look I look into because, uh, you know, I did this a couple of times, but I, I I have episodes I was calling blind spots where I would go mainly it was with music. I would go through mm-hmm. a band I never really got into, or and go through a whole catalog and do all that. And I've been meaning forever to do that with comics. Right, you know, yeah. and say like you know, well, you know, what was it? The, uh, the, uh, I guess the Jack Kirby Fantastic Four is my blind spot mm-hmm. for me. I, sh- you know, it's everything's available to us now. <laughs> There's no reason for me not to be able to go back yeah. and read that and check it out. So uh, I think I think I'll have to put uh, Identity Crisis on that list as well. And the nice thing is it's a standalone, so like one one book and you're done you don't have to (laughs) even more just move a few more notches up the list now yeah (laughs) so much easier than like i don't know how many black is black is light yeah yeah so many so many books so um coffee i tried to quit it a while ago i did good for like a couple months because it's just like it's not great for acid reflex and stuff like that oh yeah um but then yeah, I, as I got closer and closer to launch day, I'm like I'm ter- currently drinking like two cups a day. So that's not too bad. Uh, huh? That's not too bad though. Two that's cups. Not too bad. <laughs> unless unless your your uh, cup is like this giant twenty ounce mug. <laughs> oh no, it's not. But yeah, uh, it's it's the, it's going to be not fun to try to kick it again. Oh. Yeah, I've I've resigned myself. Unless my doctor's like, you got to quit this coffee. Yeah, you know, I just go through my my uh, ebbs and flows of like drinking way too much and like okay, I'm gonna pull it back a bit. Now that winter's right. approaching, I can probably can just because I like tea as well, so mm-hmm. I can probably su- supplant some of the later afternoon evening <laughs> coffee with some tea. But uh, do you have like a favorite brand of coffee or a favorite way to make it? Um, I I usually drink it hot, so I don't like the um call it? cold brew stuff yeah i mean i do like it but i just I, it, it's not a favorite because i'm like not going to have it every day there's this place um so i'm near palm springs and there's this place in joshua tree that makes like some of the best like cold brew nitro coffee okay 
which I really love that. And it's like, it's smoother. So I, I think it's supposed to be like a little better for your throat because it's, it's smoother and, and the cold brew I think is supposed to be better. Yeah. That's um, what I, that, that's one thing I have read of that the cold brew is supposed to be a little, mm-hmm. little gentler for everybody yeah. in terms of consumption. Yeah. But I don't think I feel like bothering to try to do that at home, the nitro cold brew. I don't know if I can. <laughs> they probably have machines now, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. There's that's one of the things that is so easy to get down a rabbit hole of of <laughs> making stuff. Like I just we just do like yeah. drip coffee. Yeah. Um, we have our our favorite brands and all that, but it's like so we have two French presses, one bigger one mm-hmm. and one smaller one for like one cup. Mm-hmm. So you know that that's as fancy as we get. Like we're not doing pour over. We're not doing you know was it chem whatever <laughs> like the the especially like you know you got like the copper like pot with the tubes and all that yeah stuff. yeah all that yeah. all that crazy stuff it's like i'm not not to say that i wouldn't get into that right <laughs> but i know i can't it's, it's 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 kind of the same thing as like oh i don't like get vinyl records it's like i can't because it's going to go too far Right. And yeah. I'm gonna spend way too much time yep. on this and hyperfixate on it, and it's not going to work. <laughs> I can't. I just have to avoid it completely. Well, that's kind of how my my book collection is right now, and um, I was good for a couple years, but now I, I'm completely out of space, and I hate horizontally stacking them. But they're getting horizontally stacked <laughs> because it's that, or don't buy more books. Yeah, I I had to put a pretty strict uh moratorium on buying any graphic novels right? just because you know not that i'm like overflowing with space but it can easily get that way and i don't yeah you know since i've gotten one of the ipad pros i'm like well reading on this is beautiful Mm -hmm. so digital is the way to go for that but and then just you know that way i can be a little more selective too it's like yeah all right i know i'm gonna revisit this later let me get the, the physical or if it's like i know this person i want to support this person you know right uh, i yeah. had a person on recently uh matt lisniewski he had an awesome book called static that came out from dark horse i had the digital version read it loved it he was selling them on his website for 20 bucks with a sketch inside and i'm like well that's oh, a nice. deal you yeah. know like you get that um so but yeah it, it's I, i've definitely gone the digital route especially with kickstarters because it's a lot easier to support more people right and also you know it's the lowest way that's it's like aside from just doing the tip option <laughs> on kickstarter right. yeah, the dollar. it's yeah. the least amount of work for everybody <laughs> it's like just yeah. send me the pdf it's fine we're good transaction saved yeah. but then i fall into the thing of where it's like i have like six or seven books that i like you know haven't downloaded yet and like once a quarter i have to like go through my emails i'm like okay what didn't i download from my kickstarter uh-huh. rewards yet so Make sure you get them for anything like you lose the link. I, I've something. I've lost a couple. I'll be honest, yeah. <laughs> um, which which was fine. I was able to email the creators, and since I knew them, and they're yeah. like, "Yeah, it's fine. Don't worry." So, but then you uh, have to remember to email them. Yeah, yeah, yeah which is is its own <laughs> <laughs> uh, history of forgetting things as well. Uh, just to take it back a little bit, you mentioned that mm-hmm. you've uh, you, you like Bear Tooth, and that, that's mm-hmm. one of the bands that. Uh, I've just started getting into. Nice. And Wage War. I know they kind of share the same. Yeah, I think they I feel like they opened for them. And I think I like I got there a little late because we saw them last month. 
I know they. They're a little late, but I think I, I do recall at least hearing a couple of their songs, Wage for Wage War. Yeah. I think because uh, I got into them because I watch a lot of guitar YouTube channels, and one of the guys uh-huh. I watch, he's in a band called Dragged Under. And they opened for Beartooth and I think Wage War on this uh-huh. most recent tour. I don't know if they yeah. were at the date you were at, um, but they did a whole bunch of dates with them and all that. And right. so I, I listened to their album. I'm like, oh, I, I kind of like this. And I'm like, well, let me finally give this Beartooth band a shot that I hear right. so much about. And it's like, oh, damn, they're good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then the same thing with Wage War and, and so on and so forth. So, uh, you know, you've mentioned I Prevail previously. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, that's. I got a feeling that this is going to be another band and be like, well, crap, I haven't listened to these guys for like, right. You know, the past 10 years or so. <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, onto your comic, you know, I don't want to ask the, the, the ridiculous, like, where do your ideas come from? But <laughs> with a concept such as a cat vampire, right. Who's, who's, who's running the show of the book, so to speak. Uh, all stories, you know, have their, their, their creation point somewhere. Do you, do you remember where you were or what you're doing when you, when this, this, just the idea of this came in your head and you're like, oh, wait, I need to do this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, no, I, I do. Uh, it was like 2am, which is, I feel like the perfect time. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's like the majority of when ideas come. Um, occasionally I will actually sit down and be like, okay, we're going to try to think of ideas for X. And sometimes that works. It doesn't always work because I feel like your brain has to be in a certain spot. Um, creatively. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, definitely. At least for, at least for ideation, you know, yeah. um, moods can vary when I'm actually doing like the actual writing, especially if I have an outline, then it, it helps so much. But for ideation, it's like, I have to be like in a good kind of spot for that pretty relaxed i can't be worried about work or something like that um so yeah it was like 2 a.m and i'd been like trying to think for a couple months what i wanted to write for a full-length comic i was like i'd I'd just i'd I'd written some short and i was like i don't know what i want to do for something that's longer like i had a couple ideas but nothing really like grabbed me or felt like really interesting actually i had one other idea but i'm like i'm not ready to write it yet because i'm like okay this is like my my big my big one you know mm-hmm. and there's so there's like some advice that's like yeah don't go for like your super big idea right away because you're not ready you don't have the experience for it. you're not ready for it just yet <laughs> and i'm like yeah i'm gonna need that one's gonna need some time and some real focus which like i don't want to sound like i put less focus into things but it was a little bit easier for me this this other idea is kind of like um I don't know if you've ever read Fathom. Uh, no, I have not. So it's like a mermaid. But there's like a bunch of politics in it. Okay. Anyways, mermaid creatures. Girl who doesn't know that she's like part mermaid creature. Um, story. So it's like going to be kind of like a mash between that and like Game of Thrones. And so I'm like, yeah, that, this has way too much going on for me to, <laughs> to <laughs> fully flesh out right now. Um. So yeah, Fangs came to me at like two, and I actually like had this image that was very similar to the cover for issue one, where Fang is on this table, he has blood on his napkin, bloody napkin, he's just like killed some people and stuff, um, he's just fed, and I, had, I was like, I had this idea that he was, he was bossing somebody around. Initially, it was going to be that like Richard was his butler, but I kind of didn't want to like 
make an Alfred clone. I mean, he wouldn't really be an Alfred clone because obviously Fang isn't Batman, but yeah. it felt too much like he would be. So I had to do something else. <laughs> no, I, I, but that I, was kind of yeah. like the inception point. Yeah, I, I think that was a great idea to not make it seem like he's his butler and have him be yeah. enthralled to to Fang because it, it creates that extra tension of like you know he's not he's not happy about the whole situation he's not happy but about he's got to do it he's got <laughs> yeah. he's got to do it um so he gets tortured a little bit um mentally yeah and you and you have the zero issue up for people to go grab right away mm-hmm. and 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 get a taste of what's going on here so one of the things i think that stuck out most to me with this story is the choice of art style mm-hmm where it you could have gone with an artist who would have really up the grittiness or the, like the darkness mm-hmm. of it mm-hmm. but instead you have someone who uh you know for most part you know has you know realistic things but can up the cartoony aspect a little bit especially with fan yeah. and the expressions and stuff like that was that uh was that something you kind of wanted from the beginning or it was it was. just okay yeah, um, it, I'm bad at like describing art style. So that mm-hmm. was actually really hard for me when I was finding an artist. I was like, oh my gosh, how do I describe what I want? You know? Yeah. So I, I struggled with that. Um, but that feels pretty accurate. It's, it's not like fully realistic. It's not like, you know, cartoony, cartoony where we're not, we don't have like chib, chibi style yeah. characters or something. I actually have another um, piece I'm working on that has more of a manga kind of feel to it. Insofar as art style, but it's like um, American comic reading mm-hmm. and a panel layout. But I knew that for this piece, it just, you know, that wouldn't fit. Um, but, you know, I, I really wanted Fang to be like extra cute, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, cute little black kitty. You know, yeah. compl- complete with the little piece of ear missing and uh-huh. and, it, and, and all that. So uh, so in your in your artist search, was Alex someone, Alex Gunther? Yeah, Alex Gunther, huh? Was he someone you were already familiar with, or is it just someone who's like just kind of answered the call? Um, he was someone who answered the call. He was somebody who, when I also, because I did my own search in addition to like posting in some Facebook group, and so his name had come up. Like I, I saw it somewhere else and kind of you know added him to my list, um, of uh you know possibilities, and then you know went through the list. I actually did do a couple of like test pages with different artists and um, it, it was, it was, it was difficult with the the people who I had to do test pages, but um, his style really felt it fit like what I was, what I was seeing in my mind's eye as to what matched like the other styles would have maybe worked, but it would have been interesting. It would have been a different book, you know? Mm-hmm. It's even though the same, it's like the same script. It's still like it have a completely different feel. Yeah, yeah. It, the, I mean, the art style obviously is is a huge facet of you know the look of the book and, and things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I you know there's countless. I think there's uh oh I forget the name of it, but the artist Declan Shalvey, he has a thing where, you know, he'll put out a, a page of a script. I don't know if he does it for himself where he, a writer like puts it up there uh-huh. and he kind of like helps promote it when people tackle it and you can see how different everyone approaches the same yeah. script with the different styles and stuff like that. So 
Um, I don't envy anybody who whoever has to like pick an artist for anything. <laughs> it's hard. It's hard letting people know that you're like, oh, sorry, I chose something <laughs> else. You know, it's like, yeah. But you know, some of the people who I'm like, oh, I really like this art style. If you know, maybe there's a comic in the future that might be a good fit. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's being an artist myself. I I fall into the trap of like. You know, I have a few stories where, like, you know, I would love to just write this and have someone else draw it. Uh-huh. But I love so many different styles of art. Like, I wouldn't even like know where <laughs> where to start. <laughs> I I would almost have to pick somebody and be like, "All right, I'm writing a story for your style," mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. Uh, that's just the way my my brain would think on yeah. that. Um, to to backtrack a little bit, you you mentioned the whole thing about being in a certain spot with you know, ideation and mm-hmm. kind of where those things come from. Was there a lot of, uh, aside from, you know, making Richard the, uh, thrall? the thrall as opposed yeah. to like the butler. <laughs> right. Uh, were, were there many other ideas you had that you kind of like shifted from initially or was it just like, that was kind of the core of it. And then everything just kind of started piecing together when you sat down to write um i feel like it started piecing together most of the other things weren't like as major decisions i mean there were definitely like decisions i had to make um that went along with that like uh part of it was well okay what why hasn't fang like created other thralls at this point and so he he's actually stuck in the house he can't leave um, and we'll we'll explain that later on. <laughs> um, so he can't leave the house because I was, you know, and, and part of that honestly came about because I was like, okay, if he could leave the house, like half the town probably would have already been eaten. Yeah, <laughs> it would have been. So a yeah. yeah, trying to fit these things together in a way that you know made sense for the story. Um, so there were a couple other things like that. I had to, and I, I don't really know military stuff that well, mm-hmm. but I had to figure out like what uh, Richard's rank was because I knew I wanted him to have been like commanding some people and not just uh, like, not just a soldier. So I, I had to look at that up a little bit. I probably could have spent more time on it, but I think, <laughs> I, was like, I think we're good enough <laughs> where we're at that. It makes sense for the story that will be unfolding. Well, I think, you know, a lot of times with like, you know, details like that or research in art, it's like, if it's the main focus of a thing, then yeah, you should. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If that's sure. what you want, but you can always like, I always think of the Norse gods in Marvel, mm-hmm. like maybe 10% <laughs> accurate <All right. laughs> in terms of anything. <laughs> so when it comes to like, oh, you yeah. know, get, get it, get enough I think yeah. get enough to where it's like, all right, that seems right. Like when, yeah. when you get to the point of like, like no one's really going to like want to like question it or take them out of the story. I, I guess the, yeah. you don't want people removed from the story who be like, wait, that's, that would never happen. Right. The story about a vampiric cat. Uh. Right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it is like, it's a fictional world, which makes it a little yeah, bit easier on definitely. me because I'm like, there's not, you know, we're not it, like in my head, it's kind of like a fictional world and like a fictional, um, u.s type place um but it doesn't follow there's not like a specific war that actually happened in history that's happening in the book it's just you know just one that happens in the book so 
I, I do have one question about one more question about Richard and that he, mm-hmm. his last name is Bluth. <laughs> yeah. Now, given the art style of the book, is that kind of like a nod to like Don Bluth and the, 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 the cartoon studio, or is that just, you know, the name? <laughs> oh, that's just a happenstance. No, I was actually worried about Arrested Development because I was oh, like, yeah. wait, <laughs> I didn't even think is there that. a Richard Bluth in Arrested Development? So I went and like looked it up and I was like, no, no, we're good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I did. You know, I my brain didn't even go there. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, okay. So this is uh, you know, coming up on Kickstarter. We're recording this uh, a couple weeks before uh, it drops, but it should be up soon or not. I'll make sure I, I note that in the intro, and any links will be in the show notes. Was this always intended to be a Kickstarter, or were you? wanting to pitch it around and eventually like, well, you know, I think I'm just going to do this myself. Um, it was always intended to be a Kickstarter. My, my goal is to have like, I don't know, moderate might even be too large. (laughs) (laughs) Um, my goal is to build like my small publishing company, which right now is just me. I mean, I think that, you know, in 10 to 20 years, if I had, I was publishing a couple other people, that would be cool. So I would say that's pretty small. You know, we're not talking. I feel like, I don't know. I feel, I think Aspen comics has grown a bit, so I'm not sure how big they are right now. And Xenoscope, I think is, I'm pretty sure Xenoscope is bigger than Aspen. And I'm not sure where Scout falls on that. Scout's really up and coming. They have a lot of great characters. I have a uh, a few friends who have had great success with them. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, shout out to Bob and Kevin from Metal Shark Bro, who just won the Best Humor mm-hmm. Ringo Award. Um, uh, yeah, and I think I think Xenoscope is probably the most po- successful out of all those, mm-hmm. just based on the nature of what they do. Uh, they, you know, they they have their dedicated fan base. Um, I think Aspen. I don't, do they still make comics? I don't know. They do. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, because I know, I know that was my. I haven't. I'm not caught up on the most recent ones, but they're they were one of my like intro to comics. You know, when I was first getting into comics. Because yeah, I, I you know my you know teenage years was were in the mid to late '90s, so you know I was well aware of Michael Turner's art, mm-hmm. but I had fallen away yeah. of comics when he started Aspen and all that. And then mm. I think the the first actual convention I attended in like 2007 or eight, I went to the Image panel, and that's where they announced he had passed away. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's kind of like this whole like, oh, wow. But I see, I would still see Aspen, you know, at shows and stuff like that, but I would never really hear anyone talking about their books. But obviously yeah, someone no, has to buy them. Like, cause, yeah, like, they're, they're keeping it going. Yeah, you know, <laughs> they're, they're doing some new titles. Which, you know, kind of goes to show you, like, even if you're spending a lot of time on social media, like, it's such a fraction of the actual right. populace and all that. Because, yeah. you know, you don't see people talking about that kind of stuff, you know, but. I'm sure there's plenty of retailers who be like, no, Aspen does great for us. Xenoscope does great for us, you know? Mm-hmm. But um, you mentioned your publishing company, uh, Headless Gnomes, mm-hmm. which, great title, if Thank there's you. a story behind that, <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to know. Yeah, well, I'm actually, um, you know, this was one of the, I don't do a lot of, like, brain mapping where you, like, you get a piece of paper and you write down all the different words, you know? Yeah. Um, but for that, I did. I, I, like, I wrote out all these different things. I was like, okay, what? What feels like it really fits? what I'm going for here. And I came up with that. And then from there, I was like, you know, I got to make these mascots. So I'm having them designed right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and at some point when I have an extra like 
couple of seconds in my day, <laughs> I will actually start <laughs> writing some short stories about them. Um, I've, I've fleshed out their world a little bit more uh, so that I know kind of what I'm doing with them. Um, so that's actually going to be my convention banner is, is going to have the mascots on it, these two headless gnomes, and they can take their heads on and off. Ah, okay. <laughs> it's not like a, it, like it sounds scary, but it's not. But I mean, obviously, I, I do like horror and sci-fi and fiction and stuff like that. Um, so it had to kind of fit that that realm. Um, but you know, it, it would definitely surprise anyone to see them just taking their head off. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the the name itself it really fits with you know this first book, Fangs and Foul Play, like yeah, because headless gnomes, you're like, well. It's kind of whimsical, but also headless. Like, like lots of dark. Yeah, yeah. Things, things, things can go <laughs> south pretty quick. Um, yeah. So that, so you, what was the kind of decision behind saying, you know what, I'm going to make headless gnomes. I'm going to do this thing, and I'm going to have my own thing, as opposed to just being LK and going out there and pitching everywhere and doing all that. Is it, uh, you know, just you know your that kind of independent, super independent type of person where you're like, well, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it all my way. Yeah, it's a bit of the, it's a bit of that and a bit of like, I know how hard it can be to get publishing deals um, and how much of like a crapshoot that is. And it's like, if I do it myself, I can do it now. I don't mm -hmm. have to wait. I mean, I have to wait a little bit. It's not funny, but, <laughs> <laughs> but I don't have to wait for somebody to say, yeah, this is, Right, you know, and especially as a writer, I think it's a little bit harder to get in. Um, not as many companies are accepting uh, things from writers as they do from artists. And I, I mean, my understanding is even as an artist, it can be hard then to send stuff to companies. Um, it's it's extremely difficult for both. You know, yeah. it's just different. Yeah. It's just more difficult in different ways. Right, for writers, yeah. for sure, <laughs> you can't you can't just send in a blind script. You have right. to make your own thing and then mm -hmm. say, here, I worked with an artist. We made this thing. Here's a proof that I know what I'm doing. Yeah. Or, you know, but. that I have potential or whatever. Um, and with artists, sometimes you can get in through the, here's six pages of Spider-Man. Right. You know, or, you know, other, other ways it's like, well, I have to make my own thing and do the proof of concept thing that way. Right. But... It, it it's really you know people are like oh you know artists don't really need writers but writers really need artists for comics and that's i guess i would say true with an asterisk yeah i feel i feel like it, it can be um because if you're if you're an artist and you're like i don't need a writer i can do my own pages like well you kind of have to have a good story though yeah yeah or you know? i mean you can you could get an established script yeah and then do some pages. But then you're fighting with everybody who did that established script. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, yeah. And so that could mm -hmm. come back to bite you when it's like, well, maybe you might be equal in terms of like professional level quality with this other person, right. but they did that one thing in the script. The one thing in that script played to their sh one strength they had uh -huh. and not yours. Yeah. And showing that originality. Yeah. Something new definitely yeah. helps. Yeah, and, and you know, playing to your own strengths and show, mm -hmm. showing everything you can do. So that that's kind of always been, you know, my personal thought behind is like, do I need a writer 
no, but it makes it a lot easier for me. Right. Yeah. There's a writer. <laughs> yeah. Um, because, you know, I've written some of my own things. I have some things I'm trying to write. It's not easy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Especially uh, like I'm good with the ideation thing. Like I have mm-hmm. tons of ideas, but when you sit down and you write it, there's so often I'm like, oh, this isn't really good. And yeah, then, that happens a lot. <laughs> and, and then, you know, two years later, I finally had it rattling around in my brain enough to where I'm like, okay, I think this is actually good right. now, but then I have to sit down and do it. So yeah, I got, all, I got a lot of those. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, uh, it's funny. I was, I'm, I'm working on an alt cover, a variant cover that I'm making. And oh my gosh, it's so hard. <laughs> but I know that like for some artists, probably, you know, I mean, I don't want to say like, it's not hard because they probably put in the time to learn it, you know? Yeah. Whereas I've put in the time for writing. But yeah. I'm like, yep. Nope. This is why, this is why I have artists <laughs> doing stuff for me. <laughs> well, because I, this is, I don't want to do this all the time. And that's why, that's why I do the writing. Cause I want to do it more. Well, I've, I've become this, I've begun to start coloring my own work. Mm-hmm. But very quickly, I learned that, okay, I learned how to flat. Mm-hmm. Right. And very quickly, I'm like, don't care for it. I don't want to yeah. do this. Yeah. So thankfully, I was able to find somebody who does it well, better than I ever mm-hmm. could. Uh, they a good price. <laughs> mm-hmm. And they're uh, halfway across the world, so I can give them pages at midnight. And then by noon <laughs> the next day, I have these yeah. pages because <laughs> it's during their, during their work day. Mm-hmm. So... You know, it's it, it's. I definitely feel there where it's just like, yeah, this this is hard. It's it's good that I know how to do this, but I don't need to do this anymore. Yeah. I, I don't. Um, and and the same goes with you know, writing and art. I, I think there's that thing that kind of goes around sometimes where people say like, every artist should try to write a script, and every writer should try to draw a comic. Not necessarily because it's, you know, like you need to learn how to do it to this a professional level. Mm-hmm. Just you need to see see what goes into it and see it's not that easy. Like you need to like yeah. get that perspective from the other side. Oh no, I know that if I tried to draw a whole comic, I it'd be like ten years later. <laughs> well, you know, it you know, and I'm sure, you know, there's plenty of artists who are like, Man, if I tried to write a script, it's gonna be like <laughs> it's gonna be ten years before it doesn't sound like complete garbage right so it's it's just it's just it's, it's one of those things but that's why the, that artist versus writer debate that tends to go around social media every six months is kind of like it's so stupid yeah I just, so can't we just acknowledge just it's tough for both what, of us <laughs> this might just be from what i've seen personally and like because you know how you're saying um a little bit ago with i think it was the band or no social like aspen how you don't always see everything on social media so this might just be what I've seen and not the reality, you know, the actual reality in the world. Um, I feel like on publisher sites, I see more openings for artists. But that's about the only thing I think like I've actually like really seen. But that doesn't mean it's like an easy opening. That doesn't mean because you send something in, you're going to get it. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's and it's very much part of the yeah okay you know they could be looking for submissions but they have one or two slots and they have right 50 they, people. Prob- they probably only have one or two spots <laughs> yeah, and they, yeah. And they have 50 people you know that's probably putting it mildly applying yeah and then of those 50 people how many actually read what the requirements are for the style they're looking for oh, 
How many, you know, I, I see it. Yeah, on, please, please, please read the requirements, please. <laughs> I, I, I see it all the time. You know, I see people yeah. like writers that I know, like looking for artists saying, hey, I'm looking for someone to kind of do this kind of story or whatever. And then the replies, people are like, oh, here's my portfolio. I could, I could, I could do this. And you, I'll click their link and I'll look at their portfolio. I'm like, you're a fine artist, but these are all like portraits. There's like no sequential right. work. So it's like. Yeah, I can't tell you the number of people whose, you know, replies I look through who are like, you, this is not anywhere close to the style that I was trying, you know, trying to describe here. So it's like, how do you, how do you respond to that? It's like, and that's one of the, one of the things that has always, uh, also from the fact that I'm like, you know, if I'm going to have someone draw my book, I want to pay them fairly, which, Mm -hmm. you know, comes down to the money aspect of it. So it's like, well, you know, at least for the pitch pages, I'm like, well, you know, how do I, I, I would, I wouldn't want to leave anybody hanging. Cause I've always appreciated, even if someone's like, Hey, you're not what we're looking for. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Fine. You gave me an answer. Like, I'm not yeah. expecting to hear from you in any other way. Um, but it's like, I, I wouldn't know how to respond to someone like that. <laughs> it's like, you didn't read anything. You just saw, I'm looking for yeah. an artist and you said, here's my link. And it's like, I don't know what to tell you. Like, that's, you know, obviously the dickish way to do it. <laughs> but it's just like, yeah. How, you know, I I don't envy people in that position whatsoever. What drives me a little bit nutty is is I'll I'll usually ask for no direct messages, but then like I would say like fifty percent send them. Yeah, <laughs> but yes. I know you directly said do not do this. Yeah, but and, yeah. Then if like if I'm having trouble finding somebody, it's like okay, do I weed out the artists that I really like because they sent me a direct message, <laughs> and then miss out on that, or do I just say you know whatever yeah it's what's again not an enviable position to be in whatsoever. yeah well i i ended up going with that i'm not big enough right now to like disregard them <laughs> <laughs> so i did actually look through all my dms and look at what everyone did and, and you know well, um, a, w- a way to think about it also is you know yeah. us creative types we could be a little uh antsy you know I, little, i'm guilty of it too we could jump the gun a stuff. lot yeah. yeah yeah i can't say it's never it's, i've definitely done it <laughs> if i notice it though afterwards i'm like oh shit i'm sorry oh I'm, can i curse i don't know <laughs> oh no you could yeah you could swear okay. away it's fine um i mean i can curse but can i you know <laughs> can i curse on the show um oh, i lost my thought now see i went down that rabbit hole i think you're saying you weren't uh you consider yourself uh big enough to the disregard those entries and we we've also done stuff like that oh, to ourselves yeah okay like, if, if i if i noticed that i accidentally did something i wasn't supposed to i will i will usually follow it up with a like oh shoot sorry i i, I missed this you know in the rules and mm. and sometimes that works and sometimes it doesn't work yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I i can honestly be, for sure be i've been guilty of that myself and yeah in submissions and stuff like that so back to fangs and foul play um so kickstarter is getting ready uh what can people expect from the tiers are there any specific tiers that you're like really excited for people to get to any uh i i tried to ask people about stretch goals mm-hmm. but i know they like to keep that secret it's <laughs> <laughs> kind of like the, the the carrot at the end of the stick right uh, yeah t- well i if we get um yeah all all fingers crossed we're getting to getting to a lot of stretch goals um 
you know, lots, lots of different various merch and, and things there um, that I'm, I'm working on getting. Like, I have the art design. I'm just working on the final print mm-hmm. design now. Okay. Um, here's that I'm looking forward to. There's one that I did because um, I have one drawing spot in issue two. But I didn't have like I I don't have like much more than that I can draw and I think we I think we can do two people mm-hmm. and that was really like the only spot where I was like okay we, we could put people in here that would work so what I did was I created a, a print um that has these frames on the wall oh and they're gonna have little titles on the plaque like um it, it goes through like the courses of like a fancy a fancy meal basically <laughs> so it's like bangs like um. The, the principle basically supposed to be like Fang's, um, shoot, I can't remember what I called it now, but his like most wanted meal or something like that. And so people can get drawn into this print. Oh, okay. <laughs> so it's like six different spots where you can get your face and then you can choose which course you are. So you have to actually, I did each, each reward, each course I did as a specific reward tier because I was, that's going to be easier than having people write in at the end and then everybody wants the same one or something. Yeah. I... This is uh, something that came up uh, a couple episodes ago with another Kickstarter uh, where having people drawn in seems to be mm-hmm. a really popular mm-hmm. uh, thing, which you know, I'm all, I, I think is, is fun and cool. And, you know, I mentioned this in that an episode and I'll mention it again. Like anytime any of my buddies are drawn, in, they're like, I need someone to get killed. Like I'm always like, <laughs> me me like draw me and it's just it's such a fun novelty not to downplay it but it's like it's just such a you know just it's just it's just just neat it's like yeah yeah eviscerate me like let me get like ground to a pulp it's cool (laughs) um which is because i i ended up uh just yesterday i just like drew myself into a short story as like an annoyed Mm -hmm. uh ice cream truck guy reacting to our main character and that that tweet got like more likes than <laughs> the average yeah. art post I do it. I'm just like, people love a cameo, I guess. Like just yeah. So that that's 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 a pretty cool idea doing the print with the uh, with the uh, have the people drawn in and, and the meal course idea. That that seems like really fun and it, it really fits with the 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 vibe the of the theme. project and all that. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Do you do you want to talk about the the goal you have and uh. You know, is it going to be available digitally as well as print, or is it print only? Like, oh, it, yeah, no, it'll be both. Um, all levels come. Oh no, that's actually not true. I was going to say all levels come with issue zero, except for the one dollar tier. Okay. But you can still download issue zero for free just for signing up for the newsletter. So you can still you can still get it <laughs> that way. Um, and then the digital tier starts with uh, issue zero and issue one uh, digital. And so those are going to be individual. There'll be two files. Um, but then for the print, we're printing them together in one uh, one print comic. Okay. Because they just, they, 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 issue one picks up right at the end of issue zero. So it's a perfect segue into that. Now, is the Kickstarter just for issue one, or are you trying to get the whole series? Oh, it's just for, well... I'm calling it issue zero plus one. Okay. So issue one's twenty four pages, issue zero's twelve, and so together they're thirty six. <laughs> <laughs> and the rest of the issues are probably gonna be between that like twenty two to twenty eight. probably not less than twenty four, so like twenty four to twenty eight range. 
They could go longer if I feel that it really warrants it. I don't mind if each issue isn't exactly the same page number, but I didn't want them to be like two, like, you know, one, one's 32 have, like, pages, that... one's 20 pages. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. The, the single issue Kickstarter model seems to be something that's still kind of holding strong. I think that I think really mm-hmm. kind of exploded when the pandemic hit and, you know, people just took their ideas the pitches they had and stuff like that. And I think people were just eager to start supporting creators and, and books like, and stuff mm-hmm. um, is let's say, you know, you know, full, full on thanks foul play blows through its gold gets mm-hmm. funded. Uh, do you have like an expected schedule turnaround for like each issue? Is it, or is it just kind of like, let's see how things go. Uh, my goal is every six months or so. Okay. So like I'm I'm kinda like I wanna get started on the next one, but I also like wanna make sure it funds first. Yeah. Oh no, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you you don't wanna not give the Kickstarter its due because I don't know if you've you know, been part of a Kickstarter before or that, but the amount of sheer amount of work when it start uh, yeah. before and then once it starts and then once it's ending is like when even more work <laughs> right like you yeah, want to make sure you thing... give that the full attention because yeah you want people to come back you don't want them pissed off because you didn't give the fulfillment it's due right and, and all that but yeah I... this is my first kickstarter that i've run i've been part of like other anthologies okay um but they weren't i wasn't the publisher so i just you know i just need to do a little motion and whatnot um i'm very organized and i'm um in the comic launch group and I still feel slightly unprepared, <laughs> even after all of that. But uh, I think I think that I'm going into it as strong as I can. Um, I actually I I pre-bought my shipping boxes. <laughs> so, I'm like, all right, maybe that'll give me some good luck. I don't know. Hopefully, if not, they're going to be sitting in my garage until whenever this thing happens. But I don't know if you've heard. We also have a paper shortage right now. Yes, uh, I was yeah. I, I was going to bring that up, not yeah. to be a bummer uh, <laughs> at all, but like is that that's definitely a, a consideration. Yeah, that uh, I think kind of I don't want to say snuck up on everybody, right? <laughs> but it yeah, kind it, of became yeah. very real very fast. Yeah, especially with Image announcing they're not going to do a second prints and just yeah. It's uh, I don't. Know. It's it, it's it's kind of almost scary or incredibly scary, I should say. Um, but is that? I think that the important thing is, I guess, just trying to make sure that uh, you know, you got to back things and foul play. <laughs> you you got to get it. Um, right. be, well, as you said, regardless, though, even if they, you know, uh, printing takes. A little bit extra longer, a little, little longer because of the shortage. You're still gonna get the digital copy. Uh, it yeah. reads great. Um, I I just have like a, a regular sized iPhone. Uh-huh. I was you know, I read this on my iPad on my computer and, and on my phone. The art style's great and open enough to where it's like yeah, I was able to read it fine. Like uh-huh. you know, I, I wasn't uh, you know if I had to wait for the paper like this would be fine so i think you mm-hmm. know if you're listening to this and you're kind of worried about the paper shortage like paper shortage, you're, yeah. st- you're still gonna have a good experience reading this book you're still gonna enjoy it 
um it'd just be like icing on the cake when the print issue comes and right and all that um, yeah i think my goal is really like february march but i i put april in the kickstarter just you know smart <laughs> we want to we want to do it ahead of time if possible but that just gives me a little bit extra time um you know, especially if we do hit those stretch goals because it's more things that have to be ordered mm -hmm. uh, and I have to wait to make sure that everything comes in. Under promise, over deliver, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that way no exactly. one's disappointed. And, you know, you've definitely uh, kept up your end of the bargain that you've needed mm -hmm. to. Um, so with exceptions, like if you get drawn into issue two, that's going to come out later. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think I think the six months. But you will get your comic for the first one with everybody else i i think the six month gap you, you're, you're you're kind of envisioning in between issues is really good mm -hmm. there's a few that you know i've done the first issue on and then like it's mm -hmm. been over you know it's like a year from when i get the issue mm. to when they start doing the second one wow. and then so by the time i get the second one it's been almost two years yeah i can't think of like which you I know i understand not yeah. go past eight like if something happened i'd be okay with like eight would be but i'm i'm envisioning this as like a three to four book like like trade trade book i'm just thinking of like how long it's going to take before all of them are done and that's like a really long time yeah it's it, it seems really daunting all at once to like oh wow this <laughs> yeah. is gonna this book's gonna be a large part of my life for the next three or four yeah. years yeah <laughs> but Truthfully, though, it, it's like you 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 try to get these things done. Life gets in the way. And I was complaining mm -hmm. about how long something. Like, I understand. You know, it, it didn't affect my desire to have additional mm -hmm. issues of a book. It's just like kind of a bummer that I have to wait that long. And yeah. then it's like, well, I kind of have to reread the first one <laughs> to, yeah. to kind of remember which, you know. Is uh, oh boohoo! I have to read a comic. I reread a comic I enjoyed. <laughs> like oh, poor me, you know. Well, it's that you have to like read a whole novel again. Yeah, that's gonna take you a bit more time. Yeah, I'm not looking forward to when they finally announce the release date for Winds of Winter from Game of Thrones. Like, okay, I do. I am not looking forward to like. I guess I have to reread all these books because <laughs> it's been so many years. I never finished um, Wheel of Time. I. You know, and at this point, I would have to start over. Yeah, I read the first book and I started the second one, and I could not get past it. But mm -hmm. you know, I like the idea. It's a little word, it's wordy. Yeah, and it's just not like in a like you can't read type way type, but in the like he kind of you know over describes stuff. Yeah, it's way. very Stephen yeah. Kingish when it's like, oh, here's something a normal person would say in like three sentences. Here's two pages, <laughs> yeah. um, which is fine. Uh, it's great that there's that level of detail and immersion, but it's like sometimes it's like, can you get to the point? Yeah. I want to. Yeah. It does occasionally get old. Show me my, my fantasy wizard magic thingy. <laughs> um, which, you know, I, but I, I'm looking forward to the Amazon series <laughs> that's coming out from yeah. a little time. Yeah. I will I, it's coming out next month, right? Yes, I believe uh, the something like the 18th or something like that so okay. yeah see i'm just gonna have to avoid spoilers because i'll be too busy with marketing yeah. <laughs> uh so yeah fingers crossed on that but uh it's yeah so so you know waiting for the things and all that i, I think you got a really solid plan um mm -hmm. i'm i may be mistaken but i think every kickstarter guest i've had on here has funded <laughs> 
Oh, all right. So, well, you know, yeah. let's let's <laughs> let's knock on some wood here and, yeah. <laughs> and say that you guys blow it out the gate. And I say the thing I've heard is that there's like more. I don't know. I feel like I hear this every every couple months, though, that there's always more. So I guess it just keeps going up that there's more and more comics. Yeah, it's it. I feel like there's definitely going to be a point like. I've noticed there's been a couple campaigns to where it, they struggled a little bit towards the end. They ultimately funded, right. or there's a couple where I thought would get funded and did not. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I think there was definitely like a year and a half period there where it seems like everybody was kicking ass. And now <laughs> it kind of seems like, well, things are kind of slowing down a little bit. But I still I still feel like I'm still seeing more independent people Fun. fund Get, yeah. and fund well and, and go over mm-hmm. and hit stretch goals and things like that um, there's the obvious outliers, outliers of people who like just are immensely successful with every Kickstarter right. they do which you know I know a couple of these people personally and it's well deserved it's just like you know uh, like Ryan Brown and the God Hates Astronauts Kickstarters which are like 100 plus thousand dollar <laughs> funds of wow. of you know which always strikes me as like hilarious and not that uh this is funny but you know i remember his book when he was doing it himself and trying to find a publisher and then image mm-hmm. finally picked it up after he had some steam behind him and they could i think they only ended up doing like less than a year's worth of issues before they had to put an end to it but his Kickstarters are always these huge, immensely thing, immense, immensely popular yeah. things, and I think a lot of it has to do with how he does his campaigns, mm-hmm. and 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 incorporating his sense of humor into the tears. I think he even, you know, he had a oh. tear where it's like I just packed the book upside down, <laughs> you know, it's just like oh all right, gosh. or one where he just did mustaches on all the characters in the book. Oh, funny. So you know, finding that finding that um, level of personalization to things like that. So. Yeah. I think with like the print. Actually, that makes me think of a couple of um, add-ons that I have. <laughs> we'll be... They're limited add-ons because I, you know, I didn't want to create too much work for myself. We... Um, but I, I got a little notepad design that has like Fang on it. It has the Fang's Cowplay logo, and you can get a note, quote unquote, written to you from Fang. Oh, that's awesome. And then kind of a similar thing with a postcard that I'm. I, I felt that I have to order the postcards weekend. Happen. Well, that, that... Actually, I got his paw designed, and I, I made it into a stamp. Like, stamp it for, <laughs> I can stamp it for him. <laughs> That's awesome. See, right there, right there, you're you're putting that, you're giving people something extra that mm-hmm. is fun, uh, and just more endearing and personalized than you would if you just put this out through a distributor into comic shops. Yeah, like it, it, you got that extra level of stuff happening and I think that's great. I think yeah, the Kickstarter is going to, you know, kick all forms of uh butt and just you know, I hope nothing but immense success for it and this book because I definitely want to read issue 2 and 3 and 4. <laughs> um thank you. Yeah. And I'll buy the ticket for the, you know, Fangs movie when it comes out <laughs> in 5 or 6 so years. Actually like I could see I can't imagine myself writing it, but I could see like an animated series yeah. with somebody else, you know, me just giving creative direction. Yeah. yeah it, it this is uh again, it, it's really fun concept and I'm so glad that, you know, you uh found your way to the podcast so I could be aware of this project. Oh. All that much sooner. 
And uh, before we go, two things. One, great choice on the name of the town. I love it. Uh, I'm not gonna. You have to. You have to down. You have to get the issue. I'm not gonna say what it is. No spoilers here, unless it's in the Kickstarter campaign. But then you have to go to Kickstarter is, page and yeah. find out. So you have to go do that. Um, and second, okay, if you let everybody know where they can find you on the internet and social media, now is the time. Yeah. Um, do you mind if I share the Kickstarter link? Please do. I'll have it. I'll make sure it's in the show description so they can okay. go and click on it right after this interview. So, and I made it nice and easy. Fangs and foulplay.com will redirect you there. And um, social media is Linktree. So, linktr.ee slash headless. All right. And if you go to that one, you can find the link for issue zero at the top. It'll also be in. Um, the Kickstarter page once it's, once it's actually like live and you can see it because <laughs> you can't see any links on there right now with the preview page. All right, then. Well, okay. Thanks again for coming on. I had a blast talking to you. And again, I wish you nothing but success on this Kickstarter. I'm looking forward to following it and and, fun, and helping back it and, and spreading the word. So, oh, thanks, though. Yeah, thanks for thanks. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> tripping over myself. Thanks so much for having me. All right, thank you for listening to the Comics Coffee Metal Podcast. Please be sure to return next week with my guest, Eric Palicki. <laughs>